Well, welcome to the Power Talk Podcast with Reverend Matthew DeLeon and Pastor Paul Chicado. This is part two of today's podcast, and we know that you're going to enjoy it. If you enjoyed part one, you are most definitely going to enjoy part two. So get your pens, pencils, highlighters, and write down and take some good notes because you'll be blessed by part two. God bless. Well, Definitely. like for instance, you got uh, you got Ron Luce's daughter many years ago. Okay. She was on an airplane mm-hmm. with many people. Yeah. The plane crashed. Everybody died except for her. What? Nobody can explain that. But it was God showing up and it revealed itself in the public because it was a godly woman that got saved. Only so, God, man. Only God. And every Christian that's, uh, any Christian that believes in God has to know that was God. I mean, what are the, in every scenario, everyone dies. Mm-hmm. To go back to Joseph and Jacob. Go ahead. You know, Joseph ends up, his brothers had come back. Jacob had just died. Jacob had just passed away. Mm-hmm. And the brothers remembered, mm-hmm. we've done evil to our brother. <laughs> he, he, we were safe as long as Jacob was alive. But now that Jacob is our father has passed away, is Joseph going to remember those sins that we committed against him? And is he going to kill us? Mm-hmm. And they went and they sought Joseph and basically they sent word to him. Uh, are you going to be merciful to us basically? Mm-hmm. And Joseph said, look, even though you all did evil, mm-hmm. he said, but I tell you, God took this thing that was bad and turned it for our good. And he says, so your life is spared and, and I will love you and take care of you the rest of your days. What a, what a comment. Yeah. So a lot of times those bad things mm-hmm. is God still using it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it becomes public. Wow. And Joseph made it known. Yes, mm-hmm. you did a terrible thing, but I want you all to know. See, this has become public now when he wants them to know. Okay. They now know, oh, God had something to do with it, even though we didn't know it was God? Right. You mean even though we tried to kill you, that was God? You mean even though we threw you in a pit and lied to our father, you mean that was God? You see, sometimes they don't know, and so God makes it public. They didn't even know that their lives were being used, even though it was evil. And they just found out it was God's will. Right. It's like Judas. Judas... Somebody had to uh, to betray Jesus. It was written about in Psalms. It was. Somebody it was, was going to have to. Oh, man. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he was the one. Yeah. Because, But it was still his choice. Don't get me wrong. I don't have time to go into all that. But but point is, is that it became a public thing because if that betrayal wouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. Jesus may not have been on the cross at the right time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the right place. Mm-hmm. It became public, and today all Christianity, all Christianity knows that. That's right. That's right. We know that that was, that was all. There was such an orchestration of God to work through all of that in some way, yeah, to turn it for our good, and we know it publicly. And now we understand the salvation message because of that, even to a higher level. So God takes those things, yes, and they become public, and that's when they're God encounters. And you're right, because that prophetic word was a private word. Yeah. And it became public when, became he, public. when he made the act. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's that's good right there. Isn't that good? That's good right there. So we, we have it at all. So we have good. it at really three different levels. Man. There may be more, but those are the three that I know of that I tend to deal with all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, if there are other levels to this, I, I don't really know what they are. Maybe I'm just being a, a little uh, 
you know, maybe uh, forgetful, but mm-hmm. I can't think of any other thing when in my own price, pri- pri- personal life. I mean, I think you cover the three realms, if you will, private, yeah. personal, and public. I yeah. can't, I can't think of any other. I, I can't think of any other. And like I said, uh, those are the three that I, I typically deal with. But I would say this though, in regard to the spiritual, if you're walking in the spiritual, you will affect the personal, the private, and the public. They will. They, they should all be affected. By the spiritual. And they really should. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're going to find that, that it really it's your private life that determines those next two levels. You know, okay. I mean. That's really good. You know, cause, good. because the private life is, your, is where that word of God becomes living. And there's a relationship being built in the private life between you and the Father. Between you and the Son, between you and the Holy Spirit, and so it, that comes in private. That just doesn't like happen that. in public. I like that. I'm gonna highlight that, Pastor. No, no, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. No, it is. It's, it's extremely important. That's why um, when Paul was riding on the horse to Damascus and he mm. fell off, that's right. that was very much a very private matter. Yes. You know, and I yes. mean, until Paul revealed it, it no nobody happened. knew what happened. They didn't know, what do you mean? And he shared with us what the Lord had said. He said, son, it was Paul, why do you persecute me? Mm-hmm. He says, Lord, <laughs> when do I persecute you? Mm-hmm. You see, so it became a very personal thing, a very private thing that became personal. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a different order. Yes. Yep. It became a very, pri- a very pri- a private thing, but it was because Paul was still wanting more. That, that God was able to move upon him. Yeah, he didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. He didn't know. He, he didn't he, know. He thought he was doing good. He thought he was doing Jesus a favor. Yes. And he found out, no, you're actually doing the opposite. Mm. And that's why Paul, because Paul wanted to do what was right. Yeah. He just needed to, to have a shift or a change in his thinking. And that's what the Lord did. It was sh- change his thinking. Interesting. And because he was in his mind silencing all the the apostles and their witnessing right. what they were saying. He's like, no, 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 no. So being so dogmatic about what he's been taught. Very religious. Very religious. Uh-huh. There it is. There and, it is. and the Lord That's had it. to the Lord had to intervene because he knew if he intervened, Paul really will change to do what's right. He did. And he did. And today it's blessed you and me because yes, we hang off of the Paul the 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 Pauline uh, letters, letters epistles. Mm-hmm. the epistles, mm-hmm. uh, more than probably any other of the letters. Well, he went what three quarters of the New Testament. Well, he wrote uh, one 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 third, one yeah, third, one yeah, third. Mm-hmm. yeah, one third mm-hmm. of the New Testament. So, when you consider all those letters and mm-hmm. and how vital they were to the churches, I know they weren't just letters; they were yes, letters sir. to you and me. Yes, sir. And so it was I mean, important. And you're right; they're his heart to theirs, Pastor. Yep. Yep. And so he again we we need to understand that mm-hmm. God dealt with most of these men. I mean, look at what Jesus did in private mm-hmm. at certain times with the disciples. Mm-hmm. But it became very personal because they grew from it. They grew from it. But because they spent time in private with Jesus mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. but also spiritually, they not only became very personal for their growth, but eventually it became public. Because now they were seen. And how do we know this? Because Jesus at one point sends them out on their own. Now it's up to you to do the work. I'm going to show you how to do the work. I'm going to put you out there now. And it became public. But they couldn't go public until they had that private private encounter with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like we all need. Mm -hmm. we got to have that private encounter. 
That's good. And so if you if you want, when I hear people say, "Man, I want to go, I want to do ministry," okay, but they're working extremely hard to put themselves out in the public, but they've spent no time in the private. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. I'm laughing because this is so deep. This is so good. Uh, I'll give you an example. And 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 I don't mean nothing wrong because I'm not really saying I disagree with it on as a whole. I don't agree with disagree with it. Yeah, but. But I disagree with the premise that we build it on this, and it's called accountability. I was talking to some, some buddies, and, and, he, and, and we were talking about, we weren't really naming names necessarily, yeah. but we were talking about a lot of the moral failures of ministers today. And a part of what was said was that, you know, they, he was saying that he believed that it came, comes down to the fact is, if you look at a lot of these men, they didn't have accountability. Yeah. And, and, and there is some yeah. truth to that. Right. That's why I said, I, I don't deny that. But then I started thinking, but I thought of like three men right off the top of my head. And I'm like, no, I know that these men know, I mean, men of impeccable spiritual lives. Mm -hmm. I'm talking men that they could call them at any time. Mm -hmm. I'm talking men that are so sensitive to the spirit. They may have already heard from God Mm -hmm. when they did their sin. These other guys did their sin. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, but accountability still didn't stop it. Yeah. It didn't stop it because how many people in sin do you know are saying, you know what, before I sin, I'm going to go call five people that I know. Right. No. Usually you slowly start backing away from those people. That's what caused it. It wasn't that there wasn't accountability. Right. So the question was when me and my wife were talking, Pastor he was talking, I said, what do you think it is? And she said it. She goes, it was their closeness with the Lord. I said, exactly. So then why why do you think people use accountability as an excuse, Pastor? We like to go to the natural. We don't like to we don't like to go to the supernatural. So we like to blame. We like to blame. And true this is if I say so think about it, and this yes, is what sir. I told her. I said, I asked what I asked her. I said, so basically she was on the right path. So mm-hmm. but I like to quite ask these questions so that way we can build it. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was gonna help her. Mm-hmm. And it was even helping me. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so why do you think we like to use terms like accountability, which are very natural terms? Yeah, and it sounds good. And it sounds good. And there's some truth to it. You're right. But it's not the full truth. And, and that's where she got a little stumped, and I said, look. You yeah. and I both know that the reason why we like to use those words is because if you fail, yeah, we get to blame the people that didn't help us. What a what a cop out, right? For my for my desire, this I'm the one that faltered, right? I can blame you. Now you can blame me, and that's exactly Whoa. what Adam and Eve did to each other, including that's Satan. It. That's it. They all started blaming each other, Beautiful. and the truth is, is, the moment Eve heard Satan tempt her she should have shut him down mm-hmm. but it didn't mm-hmm. but the moment adam heard eve mm-hmm. he should have shut her down right and he didn't and he didn't mm-hmm. but who did they all blame each other he blamed adam blamed eve eve blamed satan, satan. Mm-hmm. so there you go wow where's accountability in that right. where's accountability adam should have eve should have been should have kept herself accountable because she walked with god daily mm-hmm. she should have went to her husband then mm-hmm but she didn't. She didn't. That's why I said accountability doesn't mean nothing because I can override the accountability. Now, to me, that's a perfect example of the accountability scenario you're talking about. Yep. 
Look, Judas was with Jesus and the disciples every day. Okay, that's a good one. He still sinned on the day that he was with them. Exactly. And I heard someone say this. No one twisted his arm to to, uh, betray Jesus, by the way. That's right. And accountability wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered. Well, Jesus even told him, go do what's in your heart to do. Peter was... How how more, much more accountable can you be? He's with Jesus when he turns Jesus over, when he denies Jesus. He's with him. Wow. Where He's you? right there in the same area, and I won't deny you. And the moment he's seeing it happen, right there in front, uh, I don't know who that guy is. And even cussing the third time. Right. See, accountability wouldn't have stopped that. My goodness. Ten right. people saying, Peter, don't do it. Don't do it, Peter. No, he was going to do it. Right. And that's why Jesus did try to keep him accountable, and it still didn't work. He told him, you're going to deny me three times. You're right, he did. He told him. He even said at one point, man, Peter, I've been praying for you. Right. Because Satan's desires to come and sift you as wheat. I mean, come that's on, that's really accountability, good. and another, it still didn't stop him. That's another perfect example. Yeah, so that's why I don't believe in the whole accountability. It's overrated. It's overrated. What we have to do is stay extremely close to the Lord. That's mm-hmm. the only way. So it's your private life that keeps you. It's your private life. I always tell my wife, I said, look, baby, I said, if I really want to go sin and do things I shouldn't do, I could do it. And you can't not only not keep me from doing it. I said, but if I wanted to keep it quiet, I could keep it quiet a long time before you found out. Yeah. I said, so you've got to trust that I stay close to the Lord. Just like I got to trust that you stay close to the Lord. You're right. It happens to anybody. Because it can happen to anybody. So I said, accountability doesn't mean anything. I love what you said, though. Stay, not just stay close to the Lord, stay extremely close. Extremely close. The emphasis. Yeah, so it's what you do in your private life. Private. That is private encounters with the Lord that keep you from keep you from sin. Pastor, the scripture just says it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that a God encounter when you say, it, when that scripture is read that way? Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, taste and see the Lord is good. How do you taste and see as you're reading? How do you taste and see as you're meditating on his word? Yeah. You can. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, taste and see. That's exactly right. Taste and see. So we've got to understand is that it's the closeness with the Lord that's going to prevent uh, moral failures. And again, that doesn't even guarantee anything because there's still Mm. flesh. So you've always got to put that flesh back under control when the temptation comes. That's why James doesn't blame anybody when you choose to fail. And so, again, private encounters create personal and public encounters. I wish I could put you on pause. This is so so good. Private encounters. Create personal and public encounters. So yeah, you can have encounters at any level, um, but it's the private one that is far more the most important. It's kind of like the gifts. Paul talks about the gifts and starting in 1 Corinthians 11, 12, and 13, and then 14. But before he goes into 14, he reiterates again about tongues. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm telling you, you can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if you have not love, Love. you could have faith to move all mountains, but if you have not love. So the point is, is that love kind of doesn't keep you from working in miracles. He's not saying that if you don't have... I agree with you. He says you don't have to have love to work in miracles. He said, but... Without love, it's without love, it's just noisy. Your faith means nothing. 
The mountains that you move mean absolutely nothing to the world around you if there's no love in it. Wow. And that's all he's trying to say. Wow. Because I had some people say, see, fate, fate doesn't even work unless there's love. That's not what he's saying. You're right, 100%. He mm-hmm. did not say that. Yes. He's simply saying that, it, yeah, you can work in the miraculous. Yes, you can. But if the love of God's not in it, nobody cares. And that has to do with your private, like you're saying. Right. Your that private. comes in private. The love of God comes in private. That's where you build up the love of God. You're right. The gifts don't need private time. Gifts don't. They work automatically. The gifts and the fruit. In fact, they work great through love. They work great through love because now people receive it. Mm. You know, some will always reject it. That's just life. But 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 many will receive it. It'll. It's more. It's it's more meaningful when it's worked through love. So it's the same way. It's the personal and the public encounters with God work so much better when there's been a private encounter with Him. Oh my God! Just like faith works better through love. So do personal and public encounters work better through private encounters. Because you've had that experience. Because you've had that experience between you and God. And it's so really important. And you're right. You're not going to be shocked when it happens in public. It won't be shocking at all. It won't be shocking maybe even to the people that you minister to. Or the, or the situations that you come across that it's very personal. It won't be shocking because you've already experienced Him in private. And so a lot of people don't walk out of private with the Lord. They walk out with, with they walk out memor, memorizing scripture. Mm. I don't ever walk out open to memorize scripture. Right. In fact, the truth is, I, I probably have the worst memory in the world when it comes to that stuff. But everybody else has great memories of scripture. Uh, some people can remember it verbatim, tell you what pa- chapter and verse. And I've never been that great at, it, but I don't. I don't really try. Mm. I already know it's in my heart. And I just make sure that the, the revelation of those truths are in there. And I yeah. do. I have the revelations yeah. where a lot of people have memorized. I have the revelation that they don't have. Yeah. Although I don't have the memorization or uh, although I have the revelation, I don't have the memorization that they do. So so I don't know about, about most people. Many of them are excited that they memorized a hundred scriptures. Right. You're right. I'm not excited about memorization of hundred right. scriptures. I'm excited that out of those all those one hundred scriptures, I understand God's heart in it. Mm. I understand God's heart in those hundred scriptures. It's funny. I've been listening to Reinhard Bonnke this yeah. past couple of days. Yeah. And talking about the fire of God and the prayer life and so forth. Pastor, he doesn't quote scripture verbatim. Yeah. He doesn't. You know what he's more excited about? Is the testimonies. Is the testimonies. He's got it in his heart, though. That's it. Yeah, it's funny because you don't need to know the scripture by heart to have it, uh, by heart, to have it in your heart. Mm. And I like, I'd much rather have it in my heart. Don't get me wrong. I still want to memorize, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not saying not to. Not to. Yeah, I'm not saying that. In fact, I'm not even saying that it isn't good. But what good is it to memorize it and quote it, but never really understand the depth of it? I want to know the depth of that thing. Yes, yes. Well, once you got the depth, it sticks to you like meat. Exactly. It which, becomes meat. Which goes back to the three R's. Again, revelation, relation, and relate. Mm-hmm. That's the whole premise of which the word was given to us by. It wasn't just given to memorize. That's right. Jesus got on the Pharisees for doing that. That's exactly They right. only had scripture memorization. That's right. They understood the law better than anybody. That's right. And they enforced it better than anybody. Better. But that was the problem. That's they the did problem. it without love, without love, like you said. That's right. They did it without love. They did it without that private encounter. Mm-hmm. They did it. They did it without really knowing the depth and the revelation that comes from that private encounter. Like they didn't. They weren't getting the encounters of God's word specifically to them. Not just the word of God, mm-hmm. but a word to them. And so mm-hmm. we get words from the word. We also get words to us mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. And so God speaks to me a lot. Wow. I get a lot of times 
word from God all the time in private. Words that 90% of most of it, I, in fact, I would say close to about 95, 95%. Yeah, that nice. means literally about yeah, nine out of every pieces of information, nine out of 10 pieces of information, I've never told people. Wow. Because they're private. They're just for you. They're just for me. And then there's that one. That's relational. God spoke to me. Mm. God spoke to me, and I think this is important. The reason why I'm sharing it is because I think it'll affect you. I think it'll affect mm. others. And now it becomes oh public. Gosh, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's very awesome. And so God tends to speak to me a lot. Um, and again, I don't spread it out there because, it, one, it, it's not really good for everybody else. Yeah. And even if it is, the Lord sometimes says, I need it to mature, so give it some time to mature. Yes. And so I let it mature. I let it sit there. So, like, for instance, uh, God showed me a lot of things that were going to happen for 2023. And I, I've never released all of those things. Yeah, you told me. There's yeah. stuff that we don't even know is your staff. Uh-huh. And I shared a little bit at service one day, but I only shared a few of those things. Yes. Because those are the things that God said, okay, those are those are mature enough now. Yes. So throw them out there. And so you, you got to understand that a true encounter helps you to understand when to move on something and when to hold off on something. Wow. You know, a lot of times I get word, God will show me something of a person. Yes. Like uh, we had a gentleman at the church uh, one day and I'd shared, I'd had a word, but God had showed it to me like two or three weeks before. Yes. I literally saw an instant picture, kind of a, a, a just a short, quick clip of a video yeah. of his, of what God wanted, wanted me to see. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it because all I got was really just a quick word. Mm-hmm. And so I held off on it mm-hmm. and I said, Lord, when you want me to reveal it, well, that day, it all came out. I totally got it. Yeah. And I don't know why God does that in pieces and parts. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not as in tune as I need to be. Maybe yes. it's just because God's just wanting to prepare it now mm-hmm. to pray over it yes. in prayer first. Uh, yeah, I, again, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. I don't know that. I don't have an answer as to why God moves sometimes exactly the way he does. Yes. Or shares in those encounters the way he does. Yes. I just know that he's doing it and he is speaking. And the great thing is he's letting you know when to release it and when not to release it. Right. If ever at all, that 95% yeah. of the words you got, Pastor, I think it's amazing that you have not released it according to what the Lord has told you. Right. And and that's responsibility. No, it is. It's responsibility. Some of it I've actually gotten written down. Mm. And uh, I'm just holding off. Yes. And we'll just see how it plays out. One, because I don't want to make God look bad if it's not legit, if I get in here. Right. But number two, it's not going to change the world to show it anyway. Mm. He's just talking to me. You got to remember, sometimes God talks to you for one reason, because he loves talking to you. (laughs) Uh, That is so... And I remember when he told me that many years ago, because I asked him one time, because it was a lot of things he was showing me. Some of it was really, they were heavy things. Things that were kind of, I don't know what you call negative, but they were heavy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, why are you showing me all these things? He yeah. goes, son, I show you because that's my way of talking with you. Wow. And I go, I'm not saying it was all bad, but some of it, I, I he was sharing things about to me. Well, I thought it was like, it was too much. Mm-hmm. And I realized, okay, I need to grow so I can handle it. Because I literally told God to shut it off at one point. It was so heavy. And I said, God, shut it off. I literally went through a year. I didn't hear hardly anything after I said that. Mm. I heard very little about people Mm. and things and situations. And I realized I miss it. 
mm-hmm. even though it was heavy. And I realized, okay, the only reason it was heavy is because I hadn't matured enough yet. I needed to go get mature. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was changing my private life. Mm-hmm. I changed my private encounter life. Yeah. And once I got those private encounters, then it wasn't heavy no more. It was like, oh, God, tell it all. I, it, it's, I just let it. I let it sift. Okay, God, that's important. I'll write it down if you think that's important. And other things, wow. I just let it. Thank you for talking to me. Amen. He just needs to talk. Amen. You know, God, God, remember, remember, God is a God of movement. Mm-hmm. That's why when the Holy Spirit was encompassed the planet Earth in Genesis chapter one, yeah. in the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord hovered. Mm-hmm. The word hover means to move. Mm-hmm. It means to move or vibrate erratically. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just think that he just kind of hovered, just kind of sat over. No, he was moving around yeah. the earth. Yeah. So the point is, is, God is a God full of energy. Mm-hmm. And because he's got energy, he has things to say because he's always a part of something. And so sometimes he'll tell me about the nations, Mm -hmm. the nation, the church, myself, Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. And it's not to gossip. It's really for me to pray for them. Mm, I love it. And now I don't take it as weight. Mm -hmm. It's not heavy to me anymore. It used to be, but not no more because I've learned, okay, God, cool. Thank you for telling me. I'll go take it to prayer really quick and I'm leaving it. And sometimes I forget all about it. Yeah. I forget sometimes what he even tells me. Wow. Because it's not important enough for me to write it down. It's just something he wanted me to pray about really quick. Right. He just needed somebody to pray right then. Wow. And I do it. Wow. And so, you, you know, again, it's just learning to walk in that spirit. Yeah. You know, and then once you when walking in the spirit or living in the spirit, just just hovering in, in his presence. Yeah. Like Galatia, uh, Galatia, was it Galatians 5, mm-hmm. uh, the fruit of the spirit. Yes, yes. Okay. So once you've hovered, just moved around in the spirit. That's mm-hmm. what it means to live in it. Just mm-hmm. move around in it. Mm-hmm. Move around in his spirit. Mm-hmm. Then from there, from moving into it, you walk in it. That means when I walk out the door, mm-hmm. I, I'm going where he's telling me. I'm learning mm-hmm. to be obedient now. Mm-hmm. So you live in it. In other words, just wait around in it. Mm-hmm. Move around in it. Mm-hmm. Learn to experience it. Learn to hear what his voice mm-hmm. sounds like. Learn to feel what his touch right. feels like. Right. That's living in it. But then comes the next level, walking in it. That means now when I walk out the doors, I'm I'm being obedient to where he's leading me, listening to where he's directing me, listening and hearing those directions and information. But then I need to be led because now he's going to take me someplace. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not just walking in, in the direction. Now he's going to show me what to do. I'm being led to mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm. Not where to go, what to do mm-hmm. and how to do it. So you get all of them. You live in the spirit, you walk in the spirit, and then you're led by the spirit. Okay. And then you, if you'll do that, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh because mm. you're walking in the spirit the whole way. Yeah, And that's a problem for a lot of Christians right now. Pastor yep. is walking in the flesh because they're not living in it. That's right. And you're going to have to go get a private, private encounter with God. It's going to be a private encounter with God before you can walk in those three things. Man, you couldn't have sealed this podcast any more clearer than that. Can't. Pastor. You can't at all. That's the only way... To, to live, walk, walk and be, be led, led is it all starts in the private encounters of the, with the Lord. And what I've learned to do that, you know, I've and, and I've only really begun to do it recently at a higher level. And when I say higher level, I mean more consistent and constant. Yes. Consistent and constant is that I pray always. I pray when I'm thinking when I'm, you know, before I lay down, I watch something, I'm still praying. And people say, well, it, it, that kind of interfere? Not at all. I've learned to pray in my spirit. Mm. So that way my flesh doesn't need to know. I mean, that's what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. Pray without 
ceasing, and pray in the Spirit. So how do you pray in the Spirit? Mm -hmm. I can watch a program. And I'm not even thinking about it. I just learned to pray. I'm letting my spirit pray. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the utterance. That's right. So if it's the Holy Spirit that gives the utterance, then I just allow him not to flutter my tongue. I choose it. Yeah. But I'm but the utterance is coming through that my tongue. His utterance. You're allowing him to move. I'm allowing him to move. And so I just and I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. Okay, let's go back to that point real quick, just mm -hmm. for 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 emphasis. You're saying the Holy Spirit is not moving your tongue. No. But He is moving in you. But He is moving in me. When you give Him the opportunity. Right. And so I'm just releasing, by faith, what I believe that He's sharing, even though I don't know what it is. That's very good. And that's how you learn to, that's how you learn to pray in the Spirit. Oh it's, it's, and so when you're praying in the Spirit, you can be doing all kinds of stuff. But you want that. Mm -hmm, I do. We all have to want that. We got to want it. And I will say, when I first started really learning to do that, mm -hmm. I didn't even want to do it at times because it just seemed like it got in the way because I would be concentrating on it. Okay. Now I've learned I don't have to concentrate on that. It just comes. It just comes out. And I now I understand what it means to pray in the Spirit. It's interesting to me. I get a picture when you say it that way. It almost comes out in the background of everything you yeah. do. Yeah. You and I could be having this conversation right now in this podcast, but in your heart, you're just praying. Yeah. You're just praying. praying. And I can still concentrate on what I'm doing. And before, I didn't understand how to do that. I didn't know how to disconnect the two, but I can do it now. Which, again, goes back to living in it, which means waiting in it. Yes. And that private time. That's right. Walking in it means among people and then, then led by the Spirit. Yeah. In other words, be right where you're supposed to be. There it is. It's that proper time and place that there you're led is. to. Pastor, how do you want to close this podcast, Pastor? I mean, you said a lot of really good things yeah. about God encounters. I'm not sure if there's a better way to close this. I, I don't think so. Just go get yourself into a private place. And it's going to be hard. You're going to have to work through it. It might take time, but fight for it. That's what I did. I had to fight for it because my flesh doesn't naturally want to go private. And when I say private, let me just get this in your heart. Private doesn't always mean alone. Okay? Private is just learning to pray in the Spirit sometimes. I'm at, Trust me, I'm in private prayer when people don't even know it in yeah. the public, when I'm in the public. Yeah. Privacy is just between you and God, though. And so That's praying good. in your prayer closet is also important. If you got time, go do that, too. And you mentioned the secret place. You, know, yeah. that you want to be there. You want to be in there in that secret place. And how long? Again, I don't know. Uh, and, I and, like you know, and, and I don't I like know how long that is. I mean, I like I, I've heard so many ministers talk this and that. I'm going to just say this is what I do. I don't go spend hours and hours and hours every day. Mm, I just can. don't. I can't. It's not. That's not really my thing. But yet, I do know people that do. Right. They tend to be prophets. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't walk around. I walk. I walk in those prophetic giftings definitely. Right. But I don't walk around as a prophet. Mm -hmm. I walk in the prophetic giftings, mm -hmm. and so my goal is to be in tune constantly wherever I'm at, to be present with the Lord, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to learn to constantly pray, mm -hmm. always lifting up prayers of supplication in every situation. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you're always staying in tune to the Holy spirit the right. best you can. And I still fell at times. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but when you do, you get right back. Yeah. You get right back. And it's not as often. And it's, it's not as often. Yeah, the failures don't happen near as often as far as attitudes, things I say, whatever. And to me, based on what you're saying, because you're just too much in love. Yeah, that's it. You're just too much in love. Pastor. It does. It keeps you so close to them. Any little thing you do wrong, it even becomes conviction. And, and I don't want to be convicted because I just want to do what's right. And 
Listener, honestly, I know Pastor Paul and I, we can go on for another hour. Yeah. But for your sake, we'll save it for the next podcast. <laughs> we love you so very much. Is there any closing? Anything else? That's you're good. good. You're good, Pastor. Listener, we love you. Make sure you share this podcast. This is a really good one, God Encounters. You've got to share this one. I'm sure there's a lot of people who need to hear this. Yes. Right, Pastor? So in any case, we love you and God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can listen on Spotify or download the Powerhouse Church app. If you would like to comment, need prayer, or want more information, contact us at powerhousechurch.us.